Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I tried slacklining. I'm super afraid of like doing physical things that can injure me. Like the handstand is one of the things that I'm really afraid of doing because I'm afraid of breaking my neck. And the slackline maybe is a similar fear because you can fall from a rope that's stretched in between two trees and not necessarily break your neck and the rope is not set up too high but you have to find your balance on top of it and it's it seems really hard to do and it's scary because you can fall and hurt yourself but I did it very carefully with friends that were there incentivizing me to try it some of whom weren't necessarily pros at it so it's also like seeing others struggle with it makes me feel less awkward about doing it in front of people. So I did it. I was able to hold myself on top of the slack line. I was happy and like proud of myself. And then, I don't know, the fifth or eighth time that I came out of the slack line to the floor, sort of falling from the slack line, you know, you get out of it without control. So that's what I did. I put my left foot on the floor and I lost my leg. (laughs) This sounds uh, like uh, more dramatic than what it what happened. Uh, I lost uh, control of my leg, and it was very very painful. And I felt something snap inside my knee, and I thought, "Fuck, I broke my knee." But then my friend came close and like tried to calm me down and help me up, and I couldn't put my foot on the floor at that moment. But I calmed down. And after a while, I cooled, put my foot on the floor. It was very painful. I clearly had sprained a ligament or something like that. I checked 111. They told me I could take care of myself at home. I had walked more than an hour to Stratford to a park. I was planning on walking back. I ended up getting an Uber, which is like an extra expense. And I know, like, I usually want to give a, a positive perspective on bravery, and this is maybe not necessarily the most positive experience, but I'm still very happy that I tried to do it, and that I managed to do it, and that even though I hurt myself, it was not, not like, um, a terrible injury. I hate the idea of not being independent, and even, like, the fact that I got an Uber home instead of getting help to get home is like that bit of independence that I don't want to miss out on. I hate, I don't hate, it's really hard for me to ask people for help to do stuff because I'm independent and I need to do things by myself and not being able to have control of one of your legs is tough. (laughs) So during the weekend I had ridiculous Moments of trying to shower, trying to get into the bathtub, having to do it, relying a lot on my arm strength (laughs) and hoisting myself up to the bathtub. But I did it. And today I went out for the first time for a short walk. I was meant to go yesterday, but I got tired. My knee got tired and I thought I'd better not force it because I want to, you know, I know... Uh, Knee recovery is a hard thing, especially when you're in your mid-30s. But I want to be able to, like, have full strength and movement in my knee again. 
So I'm trying to like follow all the advice. So you have to rest, but you have to move because if you don't move, you will lose the movement and hopefully it will come back. But yeah, I went for my first walk. It was okay. I didn't lose um, control of my leg. When like whenever I ha do like a more twisty movement, I can still feel that it's not very stable. That is getting there. So, you know, even if you hurt yourself. I can now say I was able to balance myself on top of a slackline. And I think do one step. <laughs> I think I may be <laughs> imagining things. I, I was in shock when I fell. I, I'm not sure if I saw, if I actually saw the ligament snap. I can't tell you if that's a real memory of something I saw happen in my knee or if it's the feeling that made me make an image in my head. And I think that's because of the shock. Because then, like, when my friend came to help me out to stand up and go sit somewhere, I was feeling so dizzy and a bit nauseated that I thought maybe something else happened to me. Luckily, my friend was there and <laughs> told me, oh, that's shock. Ah, cool. <laughs> that happened. And this is like a long ass intro, but I guess that this is one of the most exciting things that happened to me in the past year because I've been shut at home for like almost a year. There was like the interval between two lockdowns. But yeah, this was the most exciting thing that happened to me in this time. See? So I put myself out to do a brave thing. I hurt myself, but it was exciting. I have a story to tell that has made up the maybe longest intro I've done in this podcast so far. I think this is the last episode of the few episodes I lost the, the good recording of, that I'm using Zoom recording to, to edit it. I think this is the last one. So hopefully from now on, the sound will be a tiny bit better. Apart from that, this episode starts as Dowdy always starts with my guest, Erica Lee Martin, introducing herself. Hi, <laughs> my name is Erica Lee Martin. I'm a multidisciplinary artist. That's how I'm saying it these days. I'm a singer, a songwriter, producer, actor type person. I make music. I make music videos. I have a feminist theater company, just slightly on hiatus, like most things. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. I also play a lot of video games these days. <laughs> Mm, that's fun. I I have tried to stay away from video ga games ever since like I was a teenager or whatever because I get really into them and it blocks out. Yeah. Life doesn't happen. But that's a good a good thing for this period of time. So maybe I should have got into yeah, video games. Just, I I think a couple years ago my husband suggested suggested we get a PS4 and I was like video games really like even my brother makes video games for a living and I still had this this idea of like no it's a waste of time you know and it's only through working on my mental health and like seeing professionals about it that I've learned that stuff like video games or other hobbies are good for you and necessary <laughs> and that it's not just work yeah. that is the important thing um but like, exactly like you said when it, we're dealing with this kind of garbage this just tra trash fire of a year. It's okay to have video games <laughs> or whatever makes <Yeah>. you happy. 
I don't know if I cut you off if you were going to say something else. Who knows? I <laughs> my 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 brain is oatmeal. I don't know. <laughs> I just had oatmeal for breakfast, so you know I, I've had your brain for breakfast. What? <laughs> See, we're coming full full circle. Everything is related. <laughs> How would you define bravery? So obviously, I've been thinking about this. Um, I think there's a like there's a couple of different things, and you've touched on this in the podcast before. But I've always thought of it as as doing something that you don't want to do, <laughs> for whatever reasons those might be. But also that bravery is different for every person. Mm -hmm. So you know things that I consider brave you know, my husband won't consider brave and vice versa. Yeah. Because everybody's comfort zone is different, right? Mm -hmm. They all, everyone lives in their own different world. But I would say doing things that you don't want to do for whatever reason. So you're scared or yeah. you're <laughs> mentally unstable um, <laughs> or, you know, whatever the reason might be. I think it's the pushing through that is brave mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I think I'd say I'd agree uh, and yeah like the reason i i am doing the podcast is because bravery is different for each person so w one the definition of itself doesn't change that much because yeah it's bravery it's doing stuff despite being afraid or whatever but then the the moments that people share are different and have different levels of bravery or like the the way people engage with the aspect of whether they are brave or not is also like a good, I think it's a good discussion to have. That's why I started the podcast, <laughs> which brings us to the next question, which is, have you thought about moments in your life in which you have been brave? Yes, there's a couple. I mean, there's one I don't, I actually won't talk about just because it's a, it's a trauma that I'm not, I, it's sort of partly my story, partly not my story. So I don't really want to talk about it, but I think that was a, a moment of, of bravery. The, the trauma was a moment of bravery, but it to some people to me at the time it didn't seem like it was I'm not going to go into it because I, I, I can't really but but I think later dealing with the the PTSD and dealing with and, and sort of getting through that and towards to the other side of it was felt brave to me because it was really hard <laughs> mm -hmm. so I think I, I do feel like a lot of my bravery has to do with overcoming certain or dealing with certain mental health issues that I've had. Um, and like, I'm a performer, you know, we're performers. A lot of people will look at us and say, oh, that's really brave that you can get up on stage in front of people and, yeah. and just do your thing. And, and, you know, I suppose, yes, like, you know, you get kind of nervous before every show and you, and you, and you're like, but you're doing it anyway because you love it. And, you know, so there is a, a little, I think there's a bit of bravery in, in that from my perspective too, but it's not as difficult <laughs> as it is to sometimes get out of bed, you know, mm -hmm. um, some days. So that's, I think those, those are the, the big things. One of the more recent sort of moments of bravery, I think for me, if we're talking about the, you know, getting over mental health um, issues, I say getting over, living with, right? Yes. Getting over, <laughs> like I'm, I'm normal now. Everything's fine. Um, I've overcome. Um, there was, a, I remember a moment when I was having, I guess an, an anxiety attack. It was last year or so. I've had many in the last couple of months. <laughs> But um, this one in particular my husband was not in the mood to help me. <laughs> um, and he's still getting used to it. He's still getting used to 
what to do in that scenario. Because he can't always recognize the signs. And yeah. I can't. I can't, you know, um, either. So sometimes he just thinks I'm in a bad mood or he thinks I'm angry at him or something like that. So he'll sort of not engage. And so um, he's wonderful, I should say, <laughs> if you ever, ever listens to it. When he knows what to do and when he realizes he needs to do something, he's excellent. But at this moment, he didn't know what to do or he didn't know what was going on. And I was feeling so, like I couldn't get up off the couch. And what we were, we were, we were um, just getting ready to go on a trip. So we had to pack. And I felt so overwhelmed with what we had to do. And I think we were sort of arguing with each other about something dumb. And I just hit this wall and I got so upset and, and just froze and I could not get up. Just getting up was like this really just like climbing up a mountain. And I just said, and I just, and I was like, it was, it was like, you know, I was calling 999 on myself. You know, I was just saying, I, I had this moment where I thought I, I, I have to, I have to get myself out of this. There is no help mm-hmm. around. Uh, and I remember thinking, maybe I'll just call my best friend, Maria, who who deals with this stuff a lot. And we often talk each other down. But I just thought, no, she's not going to answer the phone or it was too early or too late or whatever it was. And I just thought, I, I need to do this myself. How am I going to do it? And just going through those motions and eventually being able to get up, I just thought, all I need to do is get up. I just went, what what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Like, um you know, was trying to start trying to put out the fires, I suppose. And the first thing was, you just need to get up. Um, and I just remember how sl- I felt so slow, the getting up off of the couch. Um, and I was just in tears the whole time, like the getting up and then moving to another room, picking up some clothes and just weeping. But I was doing it. And I was really in crisis mode at the time. But, you know, like the next day or a couple of days later, I really did feel like what I had done was brave. I mean, yes, I was doing it for myself, but it felt like something I'd never done before. And it felt really, I, I realized how difficult it was and how easily I could have just continued to spiral um, as I'd done before. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was kind of momentous and because it was, because it was difficult, I felt, uh, I felt like it was brave. I mean, I'm not... I'm not a friggin' A&E doctor, okay? I'm not performing surgery on anybody. I'm not a fire, actual firefighter. So it's, you know, I say that we could, all of these things are comparative. There's, there's no way that I'm as brave as those people, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's how it felt in that, in that moment. And I still look at it in terms of my own mental health as a brave moment in time. Yeah. And I just think, uh, because, yeah, I've been asking this question, you're, I think, the 33rd person I'm asking this question to. Uh, and I, I think because we've we've been sold an idea of bravery that is, like, from movies and from history, that is huge things that you can do um, against all odds and saving communities of people with your acts of bravery when I ask the question oh no I mean I'm not brave I'm I don't do anything but I do think like dealing with your mental health getting out of bed sometimes is like 
super hard. I haven't dealt with my mental health. I want to get a therapist and that just that is so overwhelming sometimes that I just keep pushing it to the future, to the future, to the future. So I do think it's extremely brave to just like finally do it or like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going to pick up that phone and mm -hmm. get an appointment with someone and then actually keeping up with it when if you're dealing with PTSD or things like that, it's I'm I'm sure it's like really, really hard to keep going and to keep facing those realities. Yeah. So yeah. I do think is extremely brave. Thank you. Thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. Sometimes just just picking up the phone can seem like this this huge barrier. For people and these a lot of these are we think that they're coping mechanisms don't we like it's fine I'll just you know I don't want to deal with the the messy uh, of of making the phone call or of going to my appointment today or of you know so we think it's I'll just keep myself safe by not exposing myself to what could be the potential danger you know when in reality once you get over those hurdles a lot of the time you'll see that it's actually fine and that time is linear and <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, you know, we do have to keep going. And I don't know where I was going with that, but you see what I mean? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, that like maybe in hindsight going through, like, yeah, just keeping it all in. It's not, it's not a, a coping mechanism. It's not something that is safe for you or no. good for you. Men have been doing it since the dawn of time and look what they're doing to the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we need to talk about our feelings. And it, like, I'm telling, like, anytime I see, I'm being extremely, I'm generalizing big time right now. But whenever I see, like, you know, a dude really expressing himself or standing up for, you know, marginalized communities or standing up for women, I think, thank you. And I expect, but, but especially when it's not easy for them and when it's something that they have to, have had to overcome themselves, like recognizing their own role in the, in the patriarchy, whether they know it or not. I think for some people that is actually a huge struggle. And, and so, so yeah, dealing with your own mental issues can absolutely benefit the world. So I do think that it's a form of bravery and also by leading by example, because if you're, if you are leading that kind of life, you might influence others. So there you go. Yeah. And I think it's super important to like see people talk about it on public on a public sphere, see famous people talking about their mental health, see yes. everyday people on social media from influencers to your friend who goes to who who shares about their mental health is super important to normalize all of it. And yeah, I think in different levels, everyone has some sort of thing they have to deal with mm -hmm. that has to do with their mental health. So if we, if we all are aware of that, it's there will be less uh, ordering of people who have who are dealing who, who are openly dealing with their mental health issues. Yeah, and less stigma attached to it as yeah. well. That's a conversation that um, I'm hearing a lot about. Like this, you know, like using the phrase mentally ill, for example, like it's, it, I think it's nice in some ways because you're able to go, I'm having a problem right now and I need to, to work on it. But that also means that 
there's like mental, <laughs> you know, complete health. Like you yeah. just need to get back to being normal, whereas normal doesn't really exist. And like you said, everybody has, you know, uh, these, these kinds of issues. Everyone has different issues. So yeah, I think that the more we talk about it, the less of a <laughs> mental health binary <laughs> there becomes, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, but I do think that's that's probably the biggest problem in everything in the world is that <laughs> yeah. we give so much importance to binaries. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And, you know, think about, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really melodramatic, but think about rainbows in the sky, you know what I mean? And how beautiful we think they are. And it's like, if it was just one color, which is what we're trying to make the world, just sort of like one or two colors... How fucking boring, you know? But we look up at these things and think, oh, they're beautiful or they're acts of God or they're, look at how wonderful nature is. And it's like, why, we are, we exist in nature. We are nature. Why can't we reflect that? Why can't we be multifaceted and all be different? Like, why would we all want to be the same? That sucks. And I get that, you know, people want rules and they want, you know, because it sort of helps them. But I think that rules only help you or like, I don't want to say rules like laws necessarily, but kind of like maybe it just helps them keep inside their own bubble they've created for themselves. I'm just thinking about this as I speak. <laughs> that does make me think because I do feel like, I don't know, I'm again going to generalize big <laughs> because maybe this is not like a reality, but I feel like uh, creative people and sometimes queer people have have had to find spaces outside of the standard mm -hmm. uh because creative people because they do a job that doesn't pay regularly so they have to find other ways of making their life and maybe end up being older and not having done the things that society has told them that are things that people have to do like getting married having kids having a family whatever and the same with queer people who aren't who can't do those things either or in the past school and get married and have kids now things are changing and that's good <laughs> I feel like those people have had to face the fact that there are other ways to do life yeah. than that that we grew up believing was the reality uh, and I think it will be super cool if everyone <laughs> could have that perception yeah on a very small scale I'll, I'll make a comparison like my my both my parents are professional musicians, so they never had a nine to five job. So they don't think that way. So when I, so I remember struggling a lot when I got, you know, my first sort of nine to five job and my husband was sort of making fun of me <laughs> because he's worked a nine to five his entire life. You know, um, he's a, he's a normal person. He's not a, he's not a creative junkie like me. And, and I, and I remember thinking, like, I've worked so hard in my life. There's been periods of time where I was, you know, doing a master's degree and also teaching and also, you know, working another job and also doing this and doing that or whatever and, and trying to pay my rent and doing all these things that we are sort of used to doing. But his perception of it was slightly different than mine, you know. And I think for him, like, going to work every day was, I don't know if it was the bravery, but it was the thing that you did, you know. But for me, I, I've always seen a nine to five as like a cop out or something like that. Like, you know, unless you love the, the work, like sort of why would you do it? And I realized that my parents 
didn't raise me in an environment where a nine to five was normal. So when I had to have a routine, all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I hated it, you know, and I just rebelled against it so much. Like, and it, it just really chafed against like my anxiety and like my, my budding ADHD. I think I, I just was like, I don't, I, I need, I want to have it this way. I'm used to being more flexible and being able to make my own schedule ish. You know, when you're at school, obviously you have, you have to adhere to a certain schedule, but also I was doing creative things in my universities. So every day was different. On the other side of the scale, have there been moments in your life in which you haven't done something for fear or lack of bravery? A lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I'm talking about my, I don't know. I, so I, I, I mentioned the ADHD thing. I'm not, I'm not diagnosed with ADHD. I just, I follow a lot of people who have it and every meme they share. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, that's me. <laughs> and so I'm starting to sort of use that as a reason, even <laughs> though I, I've not yet been, been diagnosed, but a, a lot of my people, my friend, my people, so a lot of my people, a lot of my friends who work in mental health, don't necessarily think that's actually going to help me because I still, at the end of the day, need to cope. Why was I talking about this? So whatever the, the mental block mm -hmm. would be, I've not, I, I've not showed up for so many auditions <laughs> and auditions can be scary. So I get that why I get why people would want to bail. And I actually do think that I do see auditioning as, as one of the braver things creatively that you can, as a creative person, I think that's one of the more, It's harder to do than getting sort of getting on stage. So I think saying no to stuff just sort of in general is one of the things that I'm sort of guilty of. And oftentimes I regret it. Um, but then sometimes I'll try and make up for it. <laughs> like because I chickened out of this one thing, I'll write a song, you know. So at least... I haven't done nothing with my day. At least I've, you know. So there are songs that exist in the world because mm -hmm. I didn't show up for an audition one time. And I can't be sad about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do feel, I feel that a lot. I feel, um, it happens less and less as time goes by. But I do not do things a lot. And a lot of the times yeah. it's the idea of... I won't get it anyway, so I put myself through it. Uh, but that's, if you don't put yourself through it, you definitely won't going to get it. So yeah, it's... Uh. Well, yeah, was it like you, 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 you know, you don't, what is it? You like miss 100% of the jobs you don't go for or something like that. And yeah, whatever the saying is. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. And I, I've, I'm glad that I'm getting better at it because I think before I used to very much be like, like that. I would have moments where I just think, Oh, well, I'm not going to get it anywhere. I know I'm not what they want or whatever, because I've had enough bad auditions in my life, especially at the be beginning of my career, where I just thought, so I just thought I've got used to being said no to. <laughs> But now I'm, I, I very much value having the experience of going to an audition or, or doing a job interview. I've had to do a couple of job interviews recently, which is really weird. I've had to like show my own personal work as like examples of why I deserve a job. It's just so mm -hmm. awesome and weird. Like... <laughs> Um, it's not just show us how to wait, how you wait tables. It's like, what's your personal amazing projects you've done and how, how those, the skills you learned while doing those can it help you in this endeavor. So now I'm really valuing those, those like interviews or auditions, mm -hmm. um, much more than I was before. But I think that a lot of that has to, to do with tackling my mental health issues and, 
and recognizing, I know why you're doing that. <laughs> you're doing that because of this. Uh, re and remember the last time you said no to something, how you felt afterwards, you know, immediately afterwards, you know, the rest of the day you're thinking, oh, why did I, why did I say no? I could have just done it. And then I would have, then I would have felt better. Would have felt like I accomplished something or, you know? Yeah. And I think about how my life changed because I went to an audition. I remember having conversations with my, my friend Maria that I mentioned before, who, you know, has, has simple, has similar issues to me. And she'll, cause she'll always be like a cheerleader for me. Like, no, you have to go. You absolutely have to go to that. Or, or you have to email these people about your album, go and do it right now. And, and I'm really grateful to have that sort of push, the outside push. Cause I, I remember how it feels when I've accomplished whatever the thing is. And it usually mm -hmm. feels good, you know? Um, but reminding yeah. yourself of that is a whole conversation that can take a long time. And sometimes you're exhausted and you don't want to have the conversation. You just want to have a nap. So I think there's good and bad. I think it's okay if you're not feeling up to it. Like I was supposed to record this podcast with you last week, <laughs> but I was feeling yeah. really anxious. <laughs> and I thought that's not the best <laughs> mentality for, you know, a podcast interview. Um, it may have gone swimmingly. I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> but to, but today I feel I feel a bit more capable. I was still a little bit nervous before we started, which is absurd. Why would I feel nervous to just talk to you about yeah. this stuff? <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's OK to, to give in. And I also think it's OK to not because we're works in progress and we have to do what we can. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think there's like a balance you can like if you would say if you wouldn't go to any audition, for instance, that'll be a problem right because you were just letting life pass without doing stuff but yeah if you miss one or two of the 10 or 15 you have this month and i'm being very <laughs> positive you have 15 <laughs> auditions this month yay Who is <laughs> you're this getting, imaginary definitely person? getting something <laughs> Yes, if you have 15 auditions this month, please go to them. Because <laughs> you're obviously doing something right. <laughs> Definitely. You're a successful person. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's like a balance you can achieve. You are not from the UK. And like one of the bravery stories we've dealt with, or like some people say it's brave, some people say it's not. I have my own opinions about it that I think I've shared in the podcast before. But you've moved from far away to the UK. Why did you move in the first place? What made you stay? And did you think that was brave? Or is there any bravery in the process of uh, choosing to stay? Uh, um, <laughs> I get asked this question a lot. Well, not all of it, but the why did you move here question. I moved here to do a master's. I had, it was one of them, it was an earlier mental breakdown, I suppose, or, or an existential dilemma of having done opera for 10 years and feeling like I was getting nowhere in my career. I was in school, I'd finished my master's and I was going to be doing another year and I didn't win on any auditions and I was feeling really crappy about myself. And and I had this epiphany that I really wanted to study acting. I wanted to be an actor. And I had been acting in opera, obviously, for a long time, but I didn't have any formal training. And so I wanted to get formal training. And so I don't know where this epiphany came from, but I just remember feeling it all of a sudden. And so I, I guess I when I 
do things, when I do do things, I, I do them. So I, I auditioned for like the, one of the greatest schools for acting in the world, which was in London. Um, and I thought, and I, I wanted to go there because I was a huge fan of Benedict Cumberbatch at the time, like everyone was back in 2013, <laughs> 2014. And so I thought he went to Lambda. I'll go there too. Not I'll go there, but I'm going to try. And I thought if I get in, yeah. I will go. And this is, a, you know, this is a sign. And it's also a sign if I don't get in. If I don't get in, forget it. I won't bother. It was sort of like go big or go home, you know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I got into the school. And so I was like, great. I've just finished one master's. And I'm miraculously free of debt because, you know, <laughs> Quebec University is not expensive. <laughs> University in the UK, as a, as a foreigner, is fucking expensive. So just plunged myself into massive debt to come over here, which is perhaps brave, I suppose, because that just sits with you for a long time. So I came over here to do this master's and then stayed partly because I met my husband, but partly because I wanted to try to be an actor in London which is probably a stupid thing to do because it's very difficult and it needs to be sort of your main focus and you need to have money. Um, You really do need to have either the money or the drive to do nothing but that, I think. And I don't know if I had, I certainly didn't have the money. I don't know if I had the drive to just do that. It's a bit like opera. Um, And that was my big problem with opera was that you had to only do that to nothing else to succeed succeed in air quotes but also like I said I met my husband and I just stayed and I think I don't think it was particularly brave to move here because at the time I wanted to get away really badly I wanted a fresh start I didn't want to I didn't want to be away from my family but I also wasn't really sad to leave them at the time I was like I just want to get away but now staying here now feels more brave because I, part of me doesn't want to be here anymore, partly because this pandemic is really making everyone realize what is important in life. And one of those things is family and friends. And I can't see family or friends right now. And, and I, my, my parents turned 60 this year and I want to have as much time with them as possible. And I'm not with them. And it's, and so I'm, and and I'm starting to think that every (laughs) month and year that passes, I'm here that I don't, that my heart isn't in it a hundred percent feels like a, a slog. I don't know whether that is bravery, but it just, I feel like I'm, I'm like telling myself it's going to be fine and it's okay. And I don't have to be here forever, but you know, I don't know if that answers your question. I just sort of rambled on. <laughs> um, yeah, but it does, it does come to some of like my thoughts about it. Cause I don't think it's necessarily brave to move when you're not, not like running away from <laughs> war or something like yeah. that uh, it's not necessarily brave to move yeah we're not crossing the channel or anything in a tiny yeah. boat right so yeah and it's become easier with like commun- easier communication easy travel to to do that and still be close to your loved like your family and your friends mm-hmm. this pandemic made the traveling bit <laughs> a lot harder so yeah <laughs> you're like mm. <laughs> Maybe not, yeah. That that long distance relationship was great, but now mm, I can't see that person. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It's uh it's just shone a light on quite a lot of aspects of our, our lives and so yeah, I don't know. I th- I mean I think it's maybe it's kind of obvious, maybe it's not obvious, but I think at any and at any time you are making a contribution towards 
this pandemic, <laughs> that's the wrong phrase, but you're making a contribution to our society during the pandemic. So, and which, which is inclusive of wearing a mask and staying at home. And I have to remind myself that, you know, that's that making these sacrifices against my mental health for staying home is, is a form of bravery because we don't want to do it. Um, and it's really difficult and we have so many bad moments, you know, um, we're not able to work quite as hard or as much, um, a lot of us, uh, for whatever reason, just like we don't have the mental capacity or whatever. And we don't realize that we don't really realize why I think, especially people who are not used to having these um, mental health issues, they don't realize that this is a brand new thing that they've, that we've discovered that sucks and that it's okay to give ourselves breaks. But I, I'm having to remind myself that I'm not doing nothing, that I am actually making a, a, a contribution by, by staying home, that I'm, mm -hmm. I am protecting the NHS that needs protecting right now. Um, that's, that's my, that, that's the thing that I remind myself of a lot uh, and it, it makes it easier it does and it, it's also it's it's actually made me think oh yeah it's that's true i'm doing something i'm i'm staying home i'm wearing a mask every time i go out i'm doing more than a lot of the people i come across on the street who aren't wearing masks and really not me but, well, yeah, so you just made me realize that yeah i'm, I'm doing stuff it's cool you, you absolutely <laughs> are you're doing way more than the people who are not bothering to wear a mask or who are you know still socializing with lots of people like yeah. you this is just not the time to be selfish when it's so easy not to be. Yeah. I, I, th I think that the ways in which we should allow ourselves to be selfish are just slightly different than what they might be normally, you know? Um, I think, you know, indulging in something is, is good and important right now for our mental health, but just make sure it's not an indulgence that threatens the lives of other people. <laughs> I feel like that's sort of basic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you are 100% doing something you are making a massive contribution because who knows if you're going out to a party, what's, we don't know, you know, it was like that. What was that? Like super spreader wedding thing that happened where like one yeah. person went to a wedding with a hundred people and seven people ended up dying. None of whom were at the wedding. Like we don't know yeah. what kind of what's going to happen. Right. So you're, do you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Which brings us to our, to my next question, which is, and it's like a question I've been, well, because I've been developing this podcast pre pandemic was a thing. And then it happened as pandemic happened because I just had time and thought having conversations with people would be a nice, a nice break from being home. <laughs> from your, uh, our own conversations in our own heads. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But this question bring like brings a lot of, uh, and we've just, and we were just talking about COVID stuff. So, but this question brings a lot of COVID stuff, usually, even if we're not talking about it, which is, is there anything in your future for which you will have to be brave? Well, I've got a job interview tomorrow. <laughs> is that one of the fun ones where you will have to show your job? Yes. Yeah, cool. Your work, not your yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really brave because it is going to be fun. I mean, I, every time I, every time you do an, a job interview or an audition, you are putting yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit, I, I believe. So there is an element of that. I don't have anything. I don't know if I have anything planned where I know I'm going to have to be brave. I don't know. I know the thing is, I know there will be, I know there will be moments where I'm going to have to be brave. And so I, f I feel like I am sort of fortifying myself against, for those things, not against them, for those things. 
by continuing to work on my mental health and by continuing to do the little tiny acts of bravery, like doing an interview or like showing up for a podcast interview or like getting out of bed when I can, you know. So I think doing those little things can help you help fortify yourself for any big things for which you need to be brave because those will inevitably crop up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk about the potential ones. <laughs> Um, but actually I do think staying home for the next six months or a year, I think is something for which we will need to all be brave. And I am thinking about that. So it's nothing creative or artistic because there is a bit of bravery in that, but let's be honest. I love doing those things and I'm so grateful for them in my life. I think it's the staying home um, and telling myself it's going to be okay and telling myself I'm doing the right thing all the time uh, for the next several months at least is, yeah, is the thing, the big thing that we're, I'm going to need to be brave yeah. for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, you've talked about creative things not being, like, you don't think you really enjoy them, you're very grateful for having them and all of that. But is there any measure of bravery in putting your work out there and you do music, you do video clips and you share them with the world on the internet. Yeah. I think every time, every time you, you put stuff out there, you're putting yourself out there and that's scary. I, I'm worrying less about, you know, what I, I definitely worry about what people think because I'm like a notification junkie and I want to hear, I want to know what people think of my stuff. I just released, I suppose I almost think that um, writing the songs is takes can take more bravery than releasing them because theoretically, by writing the song, I'm just talking about music, but I guess any art that you're making, completing the song and or working through the song can be the the brave bit as far as as far as my own work is concerned. So there's one song, for example, that I've sp- I've spoken about it a few times and um, with other people. Uh, one, one of my songs on the album, which is called That Night, was really hard for me to write. I started singing it, coming up with the, you know, coming up with the words and the music one day. Maybe a, maybe it was a day where I was avoiding going to an audition. I don't know. And I knew sort of immediately what it was about. And I knew immediately it was going to be hard to write about. I was really annoyed because I, I knew that I needed to write it. Because I knew it was probably going to be good. <laughs> and I knew I was probably going to be thankful for having done it. And also because I immediately fell in love with the, with the tune and, you know, with the words. And I, and I, because I, I do love my own stuff, which is one of the joys of, of doing what I do is that I, I do really love my own, my own things, thankfully. Thankfully, I'm not just like, you know, <laughs> ch- chastising myself for the crap I put out there. Um, but I think writing that song was really difficult it took me forever it took me forever to produce because every time I added a different instrument I was like this isn't right this isn't right this isn't right and I ended up doing a a teensy cop-out in the form of turning what was a beautiful melodic ballady type song into like a a flippant 80s pop hit background so like I, I I added that to it so it sounds very 80s and flippant and silly so it's a tiny bit of a cop out, but it's also very true to form. Like I, I like to make things just a little bit silly and that helped a lot. But I think, you know, you're, we're having to find ways of 
of getting there. And that was my way of getting there. And once I, I handed this song that was nearly finished over to my co-producer and he, he helped, you know, sort of dot the, the, the I's and cross the T's and, and round it out and make it sound good. And he sent it back to me. I just, I just cried. I was like, oh my God, I love this song now. I'm like, I hated it. I hated it because it made me feel like garbage every day that I had to work on it. I hated it. Like I loved it, but I hated it. And then when he sent it back to me and it was finished, I was like, fuck, this song is good. <laughs> and it, and it, and I was like, and I guess I, it was that premonition of, I know that this is going to be a good song. I know I can make it into something good. It just will take a long time to get there. So I think that for me was the brave bit, those conversations with myself where I'm saying, just do a little bit today, just do a little bit today. And then I can sort of, and then later sort of reaping the rewards. So I don't feel like putting that song out, out into the world is brave. I think getting it to a point where it's just in my world was a brave thing because it was that, that was the me dealing with it and putting it out there was just the, Look, I made a thing. Release it. It's yeah. gone. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm sending it out into the world like a child going to uni, you know. <laughs> Do what you will. <laughs> Have your experiences online when sharing your, your work been mostly positive? I feel like from our conversation, I feel like they have been mostly positive. They, they, they have been mostly positive. Um, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know if I've had many like overtly negative <laughs> responses. Maybe I've blocked them out. Um, no, no, people have been very, very responsive. Uh, it was really fun to do the visual album, like launch and have people in the chat room with me because I really did feel like people were there and, and seeing them react. And, and the fans I do have, so I have a Patreon uh, page, uh, patreon.com slash Erica Lee Martin. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, those like sort of those, those fans, you know, like, you know, family and friends, but, you know, close close fans of mine who who are you know in a position where they can contribute a little bit of money to to my creative process it, it's really nice to see those guys specifically react to the the videos I share like only with them and things like that um and I really feel like they're sort of part of my creative process too because I I really feel like I'm making stuff for them in a way and um and an extension of that is is just putting doing like live events for sort of anyone to come and join on Facebook and seeing like people I've not, I've never met before, like chime in and stuff with like, this song is great or whatever is, it just really fuels my engine. And I had a guy that I do not know on Twitter, you know, he was just saying like, if you comment with your latest release or whatever, I will, I will, I will send an audience review and I'll put it up on my blog or something like that. There, there's a lot of people on Twitter who do this. <laughs> Some of them are, some of them just want uh, traction on their Twitter page. I get that. But this guy actually did obvi very obviously put yeah. effort into his review. And I was, and he said, the song is, this is, he's talking about the patio. And he said, this song is, is what it would sound like if Bjork produced a Joni Mitchell track. And I was, and I was like, like, those are two of my core influences. And I was like, how do you understand exactly my exactly that's exactly it <laughs> um so that was one of the one of the more one of the highlight sort of quotes that I got and it really made me feel like my music was being understood not just by people who knew me but by people who I'd never met before yeah that's good and it's good that you're you're able to have that um interaction and that like feedback and that engagement even when there's no live shows happening yeah 
Yeah, because we where maybe is where you have that more frequently uh, in the real world. Yeah, because we obviously want that the, the the instant feedback, but just to look on people's faces, you know, when they're enjoying yeah. a show or something, and people coming up to you after a show talking about how they enjoyed it or whatever. Or talking, start talking about the industry and just have those connections. The connection thing is what we're missing, right? So even just having a little bit of a chat is much better than nothing, I say. Yeah. You know? Is there someone, real or fictional, someone from your personal life or like a public figure that you would use as an example of bravery? Yes, I will talk about somebody who I know, actually. Uh, her name is Ray. <laughs> um, she is... She works in mental health um, and she is someone who has been diagnosed with sort of everything <laughs> her whole life. She's been in and out of hospitals. Um, she's had all different kinds of medication thrust upon her, all different kinds of diagnoses thrust upon her. Um, and she's someone who is advocating for people's stories rather than people's diagnoses. So uh, she's part of this uh, Hearing Voices Network. Um, so... Um, she's someone who's who hears voices and and that comes in a lot of different like shapes and sizes those voices will be not necessarily just be you know audible things but but I, I she is someone who I think is is very very brave because of all the things that she's had to overcome in her life including just still being around you know our, our acts of bravery and so she's someone that I, I look up to a lot and I, I try and I think of her often as an example of of someone who who continues to to know herself well so that she can cope with any barriers that her you know quote unquote mental illness um might give her and also to just whatever whatever is thrown her way in the real world so you know like we were saying at the beginning like i think that mental health is is um sort of a sort of well it's, it's crucial for us to talk about um, and I think that she's someone who is really sort of a, the pinnacle of that for me. And yeah, this, this is just, she, she's very much for sort of normalizing. I say normalizing, <laughs> normalizing that people, that no one is normal, <laughs> um, that everybody just has a different story and everyone has to cope based on the cope with what they have and, and find the tools to, to be happy and to, or to be, you know, at least not as, you know, scared or confused or, or whatever you, you might be feeling based on, on the cards you're dealt. That's great. And that uh, organization is called Hearing Voices? Hearing Voices Network. Yeah. Um, HVN. Mm -hmm. um, and they do some uh, events actually. And, and they, they basically anybody who, who feels like they might be having those issues or might be looking for either a diagnosis or to get or rather to get away from, from diagnosis or just to be part of a community hearing voices network will put you in touch with different organizations who can help you um, rather than just solely relying on, on the NHS or on, you know, or anything that, because the mental health industry is not like amazing here. <laughs> um, so this is a, this organization helps uh, with those things. So, yeah. That's great. Is there anything You've, because you have been thinking about bravery for a while, is there anything you feel like you have to say that I haven't asked you about? I don't think so. <laughs> Again, that sort of like bravery is the in the eye of the beholder thing that you were talking about mm -hmm. with Honey. Like I think that's the 
yeah, there are people who are going to see what I'm doing as brave and I don't necessarily know it. But, you know, I, I, I would I would sort of like to see more people recognizing other people's bravery. I think that would be nice. And sometimes it's hard to do because you don't know what someone else is going through. So you don't know whether what they're doing is brave or not, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's, all, it, it's as much you thinking that something is brave because you could never do that um, as it is, oh gosh, that person has been dealing with this and this and this and this and yet is still doing that, you know? Um, and sometimes seeing what the other person is doing and, and taking into account the context uh, in which they're doing these potentially brave things um, can be not obvious to some people. So uh, yeah. um, I would suggest that we all have a little bit more empathy. <laughs> yeah, but also I think even even if people are not seeing the context and uh, are just thinking that someone is doing something, it's brave because they could never do it. Maybe that will give them like a little bit of fire to do the thing they are afraid of doing. Oh, yeah. So even that maybe is a positive thing. Yeah. Not that we should all be jumping out of cliffs or whatever. No. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> brave within some measure of reality. Yeah. Even even my husband, like his wardrobe in terms of color palette has expanded immensely just by knowing me. So, you know, little acts of bravery. <laughs> I, do. I have said at some point in this podcast that like even going out with um, a silly t-shirt may be a, a, an act of bravery if that's like something you really couldn't do. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so I do think your husband is being very brave by having, um, I don't know, a green t-shirt. You're not wrong. <laughs> He's really into green now. <laughs> I'm working on purple. <laughs> We're arriving at the end of the podcast and the last thing I'll ask you if you is if you have any plugs, anything you want to promote. Well, I'm going to go ahead and promote my album, which, as you mentioned, has been getting actually quite a lot of good feedback. Um, it's dream pop, kind of alternative pop as well, kind of alternative in general. Every single song on the album is different. It's called Dreams and it's a, a visual album as well as just a regular audio <laughs> album. Uh, and if you go to ericaleemartin.com, um, you can find information about it there or just look it up on your streaming service. Um, that's my my big plug and also uh, my Patreon. If you're in, if you like my album or you're interested in my stuff, then go to patreon.com slash Erica Lee Martin. Great. Thank you so much for being a guest at my podcast. Thank you for having me. What a joy. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Peugeot. Until next week.